Hey y'all, this is Brandon Adams. Just wanted to let you know that today's show was recorded on Tuesday. That was prior to the news about the COVID situation with some Georgia players, reportedly JT Daniels testing positive and all that's going on with that. So obviously news is still being gathered on this, even as I speak right now. But just so you know, a lot of what you'll hear on the show is obviously before any of that was known. So wanted to get that out there. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday season. And I'll see you back here for our show live again on Monday when we're in South Florida getting ready for the Orange Bowl. Thanks for being with us. And as I said before, enjoy your holiday season. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I told a lot of y'all yesterday when we started the show that, you know, we're kind of in the midst of just getting everything done for Christmas. You know, we did the show live on Tuesday. We're pre-recording, pre-recorded Wednesday show on Tuesday. We're in the midst of doing that right now. Just kind of a lot going on. So I know a lot of you are kind of in the same boat. You're trying to get those final gifts bought. You're trying to get some things put together. You're trying to get along with your family. Some of y'all need to take a break from the family and go pop in the earbuds and listen to Dog Nation Daily. Whatever you need us for, we're going to try to be here for you. Uh, of course, this is our final show of the week. I'll be with my own family on Thursday and Friday, getting ready for a great Christmas, rolling into Saturday, and then on our way to Miami after that for the Orange Bowl. But today, I just want to spend one more day with you before we get there for bowl week and have some fun, try to keep it lighthearted, try to keep it enjoyable. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do sometimes, given some of the hot topics around UGA. But we're going to try to do our part on this, including, believe it or not, the quarterback thing there, too. Because, listen, you know, this came back up again on Monday when Kirby Smart did his weekly press conference. And, like, I know how a lot of you are on this by now. Like, literally, you know that song, My Grown-Up Christmas Wish? Like some of y'all, your grown-up Christmas wish is not for peace on earth. You've given up on that. You want a little more clarity about the Georgia quarterback situation? Like if you could sit on Santa's lap, like the only thing you'd ask Santa for, not some sort of toy to play with or thing to wear or you know anything like that, you just simply want Kirby Smart to just give you a little more information, just a little more details about what's going on with JT Daniels, what's going on with uh, Stetson Bennett, little more clarity about how this quarterback situation is going to play out. If you could have that, you'd have the greatest Christmas of all. Well, Kirby Smart was asked this week more about this quarterback situation. And for those of you who are kind of hoping for a Christmas miracle, hoping for the idea that Kirby Smart was going to save Christmas for everybody and give you more details about the quarterback situation, in reality, this is exactly this is actually what Kirby Smart did. We don't disclose that information. Like I talk about all the time, we're going to play the guy that gives us the best chance to win. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a theme for us here. I thought that Kirby was the most Kirby he's probably ever been during his press conference on Monday, and I say that both half kiddingly, but also in somewhat of a marvel that he could actually find a way to be even more Kirby than he's ever been before. I thought he was this week, including coming up here in a moment. Uh, <laughs> he probably said the single most Kirby smart thing he's ever said before in his entire life. I'll get to that there for you in, in a minute. But obviously you hear Kirby, yeah, not going to disclose how we're breaking up these practice reps. Not going to disclose who's doing what, but we're just going to play the quarterback that gives us the best chance of winning. Where have you heard that before? So a lot of you are like, well, oh, okay, all right, well, that's fine. Maybe we're not going to get more details on whether or not JT Daniels will play, how they're splitting up these reps, or maybe 
Kirby Smart's letting us know that Georgia fans who want to see JT Daniels, they may not get their wish on that for this Orange Bowl. So you make peace with that and you say, oh, that's okay. Uh, if I can't have JT Daniels for Christmas, let me at least have this. Let me at least have a little more George Pickens because you saw flashes of him in the SEC championship game. Big catch there near the beginning of the game. Obviously reminding how good of a player he is before uh, the injury. Now he's back, played some against Tech, played even more in the SEC championship. Now maybe he's ready to play even more than that in the Orange Bowl. Kirby, if I can't have JT Daniels for Christmas, can I at least have George Pickens for Christmas? And once again, Kirby was there to kind of dash the holiday hopes for many you know, he's still not 100 percent. george is working really hard but he is not there you're a mean one mr grinch now the truth is kirby on both these topics quarterbacks and pickens said a lot more than just that short clip in fact in a moment we'll give you the full context and all this <laughs> i'm not going to be this much fake news and not give you the full thing we'll do this on both pickens and quarterbacks here in, in, in a moment uh we're just kind of having some fun with all this for right now and speaking of having fun I mean, that's kind of like the last thing here is that all right well maybe you know quarterback thing is kind of staying the same for right now and maybe a guy like uh <laughs> Guy like George Pickens, you know, maybe he's not fully healthy to be the focal point of the passing attack, the game plan, but it's still Miami. You know, it's still South Beach. This is still kind of a once in a lifetime experience to kind of go down there and and have a lot of fun, isn't it? Kirby, can we have some fun in Miami at the very least? I think the fun is in the preparation. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch. You can live your entire life, and Kirby Smart will never say anything more Kirby Smart than, guys, the fun's in the preparation. I mean, can you imagine huddling the team around here and saying, all right, folks, uh, gentlemen, take a knee. Um, we're going to be going down to Miami, and guess what we're going to get to do while we're down there? Visit South Beach, you know, go have you know dinner at Prime 112, uh, go see the Fountain Blue or – uh, Clevelander, one of those hot spots. Nah, guys, we get to practice. Wait till you wait till you see the practices we have planned. Wait till you see how we're going to continue our preparation for the Orange Bowl down in Miami. That is going to be the fun with all of this. Now, once again, as I said before, the actual full answer that Kirby Smart gave on that's interesting. It's worth hearing. We'll do that. We'll hear more on the quarterback thing. More on the uh, Pickens front too, but at least kind of wanted to start today on a little bit of a lighthearted note uh, with the fun of Christmas kind of on all of our minds. Georgia trying to split the difference in this right now, trying to, uh, you know, do what has to be done during this time of year, including bowl week, but also get ready to go out there and win a game against Michigan. It is not an easy job. We kind of poke fun at Kirby, but deep down we know Kirby's got a tough task ahead of him in terms of managing all of this stuff. But the Orange Bowl going to be here before you know it. Dog Nation going to be a big part of that. And if you want to hear more context for what Kirby Smart actually said on all those topics, I'll give that to you. But first, let me introduce the show. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Hello to you, and thanks for being here. We did not have a first and 15 today because our show is pre-recorded today, but normally we are 
uh, first and 15 uh, on dognation.com, the Dog Nation app starting at 945. Today, we just started straight 10 o'clock across the board. But obviously, live on video most days, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, including next week from Miami or technically Fort Lauderdale for us, getting ready for the Orange Bowl. Can't wait to have you as a big part of all of that with us. And then after that, speaking of fun in the sun, getting ready for the Dog Nation cruise. And you better believe you're going to be hearing a lot more about this as we roll into the new year. Great stuff with the Dog Nation cruise. Wanted to take a special moment today one more time, though, to remind you that there is time now to book this. And if you want to kind of go ahead and get it booked and, you know, print up something as a way of showing off that to that significant other, got you something great for Christmas. Now, deep down, this is also a gift for you, too, but it makes a great gift if you want to just slide that into the uh, stocking or slide that into the box and have that opened up on Christmas Day. Still chance for you to do that. So dognation.com, go to the link there at the top of the page that takes you to the cruise and the, va- the cruise and vacation authority. The only folks we would trust for a big event like this, the biggest thing we've ever done at Dog Nation, the first ever Dog Nation cruise, our friends of the Cruise and Vacation Authority. Simplest way to tell you to get to them, link at the top of the page right there at dognation.com, April 25th through the 29th, leaving out of Port Canaveral, going to Nassau on the Bahamas, going to Perfect Day, Coco Cay. Going to be a great time. Can't wait to see you there. We'll talk more about this throughout the uh, program here today. Also, Connor Riley going to join us in a bit for part two of a conversation we started yesterday uh, getting ready for the Orange Bowl. Good stuff with Connor coming up here in just a little bit. Can't wait to do that there with him. For now, though, let's get ready to go around the doghouse. And it's delivered today, or I should say furnished today, by our friends at Rooms to Go. Although, I guess if you get some furniture from Rooms to Go, they'll deliver it to you as well. So maybe delivery works on this too. But we typically say furnished by Rooms to Go. And I'm not fake news. Uh, I will give you the full context. This is not going to be, you know, what is the, the manipulated media? This is not going to be manipulated media when it comes to Kirby Smart. He, he did address quarterbacks on Monday, had some fun with the partial answer there a moment ago. But around the doghouse, furnished today by rooms to go. Let me also give you the the full answer here. You know, a lot of you want you wanted these specific questions asked to Kirby. Like one of the things he was asking, you can see this in the Dog Nation YouTube page is, do you have faith in JT Daniels? Do you believe that Daniels could come in and play well for you? Smart gave an answer to that. You can listen to that online at Dog Nation YouTube. Uh, Smart was also asked, hey, you know, are these practice reps being split up? How is it being handled with all these quarterbacks right now? What's going on there with that? I gave you a short clip of this a moment ago and kind of made some fun of it. Let me give you the fuller, longer clip right now. This, the most recent information from Smart when it comes to his quarterbacks and his preparation for the Orange Bowl against Michigan, Kirby from Monday. Yeah, I, we don't disclose that information. We just talk about the guys that are doing their job, and the, all four of those guys have done a tremendous job uh, working with us. Brock's been giving us a great picture uh, down on the scout team end, and uh, JT and Stetson are both really doing a good job of uh, simulating the offense that Michael wants to do. And um, like I talk about all the time, we're, we're going to play the guy that gives us the best chance to win. And I'm really proud of the way both those guys um, have practiced. We've done uh, – I guess four or five camp type practices and two uh, uh, really focused on uh, Michigan uh, type practices and and both guys uh, Stetson and JT have been have been really good in terms of locked in and focused on what we need to focus on. A lot of that from Kirby admittedly sounds like what you've heard before and we can kind of laugh about that but that is true. The thing though that Smart says there that I take the most interest in and this goes back to something we said on Monday show is that, hey, right now JT and Stetson are doing a great job with the offense that Todd wants to run or Munkin wants to run, whatever it was that Smart just said there. That really reinforces something we've been saying for a while, 
that if you think the decisions around the Georgia offense are unorthodox, I think some people have convinced themselves that Todd Munkin is being held prisoner by Kirby Smart, that Munkin's essentially, you know, on TV blinking twice as a way of letting folks know that he's, you know, uh, basically imprisoned uh, by Smart, that he's not free to, to do what he wants to do. And there's really no evidence that's actually the case, that whether it comes to the kinds of plays that Georgia runs, the personnel that Georgia puts on the field, quarterback included, this is all stuff that Todd Munkin has not only signed off on, but he's actually leading the way on. We have every reason to believe that's true. The reason why I bring that up is is that Todd Munkin actually remains a pretty popular figure amongst Georgia fans. You very rarely see UGA fans criticizing him at all. I think they rightly so notice the offensive improvements that have taken place over the last couple of years that when since he's been here. But when there's these issues with whether it be playing Stetson and playing instead of playing JT or you know not being as prolific a passing attack, there's this tendency on the part of some to kind of focus that blame on Kirby Smart on that. But as Smart, you know, maybe intentionally drops that line, but as Smart kind of lets you know, hey, this offense, the plays that are called, the the guys who are on the field doing it, this is Todd Munkin's offense right now. This is what he's doing. And, you know, Munkin seemingly had a chance to leave. Maybe he'll have more chances to leave. But at least right now, turn down what you would assume is a huge payday to go to LSU. That's kind of what Munkin's kind of doing here right now, seemingly happy being a part of what's going on there at UGA so you know, just kind of keep that in mind we've admitted that the scenario with Georgia quarterback is weird just because it's weird doesn't mean that it's wrong and the weirdness of this is not necessarily solely motivated by as some people have suggested some sort of weird aspect of Kirby Smart's personality or something like that no apparently Todd Munkin's hands are all over the way in which this offensive attack is orchestrated both in terms of the personnel and the play calling itself so that to me is pretty interesting there from Kirby Smart how about a little bit more context on George Pickens? I kind of isolated the bad negative part of that a moment ago, but in the larger context, actually is some good with the bad. I, I do truly feel that it's important to note that George Pickens just coming back from injury really isn't fully healthy yet, and you got to understand all of that, but that doesn't mean there isn't some optimism in Smart's voice when he talks about what Pickens might be able to do in the Orange Bowl. A uh, good question by Connor Riley led to this answer by Kirby Smart. Here it is in full context, Kirby on Pickens. Well, I think the opportunity to throw in uh, the two games you're mentioning, uh, you know, people try to take the run away, and, and, and when you, you know, you do that, you sometimes leave yourself one-on-one, and we've had opportunity for him to make some plays. Uh, going back, I guess you're referencing uh, Baylor and uh, Cincinnati, he had opportunities to make those plays because he was one-on-one in a lot of situations. You know, he's still not 100%. George is working really hard, but, he, I mean, we see him every day. And, and getting to see him every day is he's working back to get that way, but he is not there. Nobody is. I mean, there's no person on earth that comes back from an ATL is back out there running the same speeds and confidence and breaks that you would usually have. And uh, he's, he, he continues to get better. Um, the biggest part is understanding, you know, all the details and intricacies of the offense of making sure he knows splits, um, shifts, motions, um, IDs, and when you don't do that for that long, I think everybody just assumes it just comes back natural. Um, that's not something that's just you just wake up and do. You take takes reps to do that. And he's only been able to start getting these reps in the last really two to three weeks, but he is getting better and uh, he is working hard um, at his craft, and uh, he's gotten a lot of reps the last four or five practices. So a little longer there on Kirby, but I did want to give you the full context on that, and I could have set the clip up a little better than I did. 
the tone of the question was regarding, and I've jokingly called George Pickens Mr. January before because he played amazing in the in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor a couple of years ago and really played very well against Cincinnati last year, coming back off an injury as well last season. This is a guy that's just kind of shown up big in bowl games, and how much fun would that be to think that he'd do the same thing against Michigan in the Orange Bowl? And you hear some pretty good context from Smart about kind of maybe how that came to be in those two games and kind of what is out there in front for him in the Orange Bowl against Michigan. Here's the one, I think, best thing about George Pickens, because I don't think that, you know, as recently removed from injury as he's been, you know, the notion you could play him, you know, the majority or the entirety of the offensive snaps, that's probably unrealistic. But what is realistic for George, though, is a guy that doesn't have to have a lot of snaps to make a big impact, doesn't even have to have a a lot of touches to necessarily make a big impact. His presence on the field draws attention to the from the defense, and that's good in itself. But also, when you throw it to him, he just goes and gets it. He did that, obviously, one big time in the SEC championship, and you're kind of left to imagine how he could do that even more uh, in, a, in a game against Michigan if he's healthy enough to be out there a little bit more. So while I try to temper my enthusiasm about George a little bit, just knowing how recently removed from injury he is, I mean, it is honestly true that if he could play a little bit more, if those couple of weeks since the Alabama game give him even more time to rest and heal, then then who's to say he couldn't be a you know an impact player against Michigan? Not because he plays all the snaps, but because when he does play, he's just likely to do anything. He's that kind of home run threat. He's that kind of big play guy. Nobody brings that competitive fire seemingly better than Pickens does, and even a less than fully healthy Pickens has a chance to to provide that for you. Last thing here, finally, you know, I, I sort of joked a moment ago about Kirby and the preparation being the fun, and it's about you know practicing and getting ready to play the game. I want to give you the full context for Kirby Smart on this topic there as well, because this is the one thing that if you're not traveling to the game, I don't think you get the full sense, the full appreciation of. Like you hear all the time players say, you go on the road, oh, this is a business trip. You know, we're packing for a business trip, and that's generally the way that football road trips are viewed. But a bowl game is not solely a business trip. In fact, Smart knows he can't even act as if it is. Obviously, the bowl game preparations, the practices, are the most important thing in his mind that's going to go on. But there is, it's just kind of part of the contract, part of the deal. You're going to have to have the events throughout the week. And when you're there for as long as George is going to be there, there's also just some free time that's going to take place. And, you know, you just got to be kind of okay with that, with a lot of free time and a kind of a, you know, sort of a destination weekend type of town and you got to be okay with the fact that you're kind of moving back and forth it's one of the reasons why it was largely suspected that George would have rather been in Dallas than Miami if it had the choice because of all the moving around and all the spread out nature of the Orange Bowl here this is just kind of part of the challenge for UGA and so it was I believe Chip that asked him on uh, Monday about are you allowed to have any fun in the bowl game at all I mean you do have to strike the right balance with all of this because there are some non-football things that just kind of go along with bowl week it just still sort of exists and I think that Kirby Smart's answer on this even though I kind of you know mocked him for it a moment ago is actually worth considering here is Kirby full context on how much fun you are allowed to have during a bowl week and how you manage all of the potential distractions that do come while you're in Miami I think the fun is in the preparation the fun is in the atmosphere you get to play in I think when you talk about uh CFP it's a tremendous opportunity I mean uh, no matter where you play, it wouldn't matter where you're playing to play in the playoffs, you, you've got a, a grand opportunity. We have a very mature team. We've got great leaders. Uh, you know, it's, it, I, I have full faith and confidence that our guys are going to handle it the right way. 
they're also going to be down there for, you know, almost a week. So it's not to think that if we were having a game here um, right now, uh, and it was a big game, you know, in Athens for a week, our guys, they all prepare different ways. They spend their time um, in different locations. And um, I've got a lot of confidence that the seniors and the older players will have a good time, a good experience. And when it's time to be focused, be focused. You, know, you can't focus 24 hours a day, seven days a week and be at your best. So we're trying to build to a moment of, uh, of truth and uh, build that kind of energy and focus to where we need it to be at game time. I actually think that's a really good answer. And I think that's actually really interesting. And I think it's, I never really thought about this, but it is true that, hey, if you're worried about downtime and not micromanaging every second of a player's time leading up to the game, well, the same thing is true for home games as well. And goodness knows that Athens has as many potential distractions as almost anywhere possibly could, that it's actually maybe not all that different than a, than a home game situation where who knows what players are doing at certain times during the week that you just sort of have to trust them to make the best decisions and to be, you know, good stewards of their own body while they're, you know, kind of out doing whatever else. And I think that's probably kind of true. The other thing that when smart goes into that kind of detail on topic like this, I think it's always really valuable because it's pretty clear that he's thought about this a lot. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, maybe on one hand, almost all coaches do all this the same way. On the other hand, maybe, you know, some coaches, you know, do it a little bit differently when it comes to a playoff bowl atmosphere like this. But it's pretty clear you got to have a plan in place for what you're going to do. And I do think it'd be totally possible for a coach to be completely overwhelmed by all that goes on around a week like this, if you're not ready to hit the ground running and if you're not ready to take it head on, if you don't have good advice about what to expect, obviously Smart's been in a lot of uh, playoff scenarios, bowl game scenarios, so he kind of knows more about that than some young coaches might. But if you don't have a plan in place, you can be completely swallowed up. Clearly Smart's got a plan. It worked to the tune of winning the Rose Bowl the last time that George was in the college ball playoff. Uh, the national championship game, by the time you get to that, it's very different. It's not a week's worth of buildup. It's a couple of days, you know, really only one big day uh, on Saturday, usually before the game takes place there on Monday. That's kind of the sum total of all of it. Uh, bowl game, very different than that. Georgia handled the Rose Bowl seemingly pretty well the last time it was there in 2017, and we'll see how it handles this situation heading towards uh, Miami for next week. That is Around the Doghouse. It's furnished today by our friends at rooms to go Of course, a lot of you love to look around your home and see all that beautiful furniture you've got from rooms to go And if you've maybe been to a neighbor's house or a family member's house and maybe you think, oh, I don't quite know that my house looks as good on the inside, feels as good on the inside as my whatever neighbor, cousin, grandmother whatever else how their house feels well rooms to go the place to go to get your home looking and feeling exactly the way that you want to whether it's that single piece of furniture that you need or some sort of accent piece to go along with what's already a fully decorated room or a lot of you've just moved into a new place a lot, a lot of you kind of just getting going and you need full rooms furnished well that's what rooms to go is also famous for there as well whether it's dining room or living room or obviously the bedroom stuff even children's bedrooms and a lot of more folks now taking advantage of that living space outside their home there as well so for the outdoor furniture the patio furniture rooms to go has got you covered on all that too you can stop buy and see them in one of their rooms to go showrooms or you can start your shopping experience online at rooms that website once again rooms all right great to have all of you with us here on the program here today it is a pre-recorded edition of dog nation daily but hopefully a lot of fun to be had by all i want to continue our discussion about what's going to happen next week in miami getting ready for the college football playoff getting ready for the orange bowl against michigan with a guy who joined us for a brief start to this yesterday and a continuation here today it's Connor Riley today 
on Dog Nation Daily. Glad to have him, all of you, with us on the program here today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. How about this? Look at the technological advancements, the achievements. I mean, this is amazing. This is like this is like putting a man on the moon, except this actually happened. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, for those of you not watching on video, Connor actually appearing via video in the screen that's just over my shoulder. I should also say this before we get going today on a more serious note. Uh, I need to correct myself on something that maybe was taken the wrong way on yesterday's show. I talked about Connor and I being the only ones working for Dog Nation. Some people were like, wait, Jeff and Mike got fired? No, they're just on the road. They're traveling. They're visiting people for Christmas. Uh, You see who the real, you know, I mean, the backbone of Dog Nation is. Here we are the Wednesday just before Christmas. Connor and I still working. But I mean Christmas week, not 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 in perpetuity, just for this week of Christmas. Mike and Jeff are both uh, off this week, but Connor, good enough to be with me here for this show. Our buddy Michael Carvel is also taking some vacation time there as well. Uh, but no, Mike and Jeff did not get fired. I couldn't get that lucky. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding again. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. Listen, I'm in kind of a punchy mood today. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's the Christmas season. Uh, Connor, uh, welcome back to the program. Glad to have you with us. As always, it's feel like it. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the show. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, all of a few minutes, right? So do you join me in saying that uh, Kirby Smart has never said anything more Kirby than when asked if the team was allowed to have fun going to Miami? He said the fun is in the preparation. Like nothing is more Kirby than the idea of, you know what's fun to me? Practice. Like that's the most Kirby Smart thing that could ever be uttered. Yeah, so I, I think he's trying to match the coach's coach speak intensity that Jim Harbaugh is putting out. Kirby oh, Smart yeah. has talked a lot about how this team needs to match the physicality intensity that Michigan is going to play with. And I think Kirby is showing his team how to do that in press conference. He's trying to be as boring as coach speaky as possible. Not that, you know, Kirby is ever really a, a true box of laughs in press conferences anyway. But I, I think this week you've seen not just from Kirby, but his players as well, sort of knowing let's not give him any bulletin board material. We know what we have to do. We know we have to go down there and out physical Michigan in the Orange Bowl. And so that's just sort of what they're set their minds to in doing. And colorful quotes uh, are not on the agenda for Georgia this week. What it reminds me of is a couple of years ago when Muschamp was still head coach at South Carolina, he was asked about letting the players enjoy some time for Thanksgiving. Uh, and he said that in his mind, Thanksgiving was a meal, not a day. Like that, like to me, Kirby Smart saying the fun is in the preparation goes right there along the shelf on the shelf with Will Muschamp saying that Thanksgiving is a meal, not a day. That that's like that's just as football as it gets right there. But in all seriousness, I mean, for people who've been a part of these bowl situations before, especially a college ball playoff game, frankly, if it's a Sugar Bowl and you're playing like the consolation prize game. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but to a certain extent, who really cares? But there is obviously a lot at stake when it comes to college football playoff. And if you're a coach that doesn't have a good plan for how you handle the time when you're supposed to be getting ready for football versus how you handle the time and what you got to go, you know, cheesing with the mayor and, 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 you know, being at the children's hospital or whatever it is that you're doing, I'm not making a lot of that, but there's a lot that goes on, you know, with these, you know, bowl week situations. As a coach, you could get completely swallowed up by all of this if you don't have a good plan in place. And Kirby Smart clearly does. I do think they were very buttoned up and pro- professional at the Rose Bowl a couple of years in past, a couple of years ago in Pasadena. And my guess is they'll be the same way in Miami. 
although still making some time for the players to get a chance to do what college ball players have been doing now for you know darn near a century, which is having a little bit of fun as a part of a bowl experience. Yeah, this team sort of understands the moment and knows what it is playing for. It's playing for a shot at a national championship, and more specifically, I think, another shot at Alabama. I do think while, you know, Darian Kendrick is the only player who's ever played in a college football playoff game and, and on either side and knows the environment that comes with this. Kirby Smart's experience in 2017, I, I think, does give him a little bit of an edge in terms of preparing, in terms of getting your team ready, in terms of, as you point out, knowing how to manage this team and ultimately how the players react to this is going to be a key part of it. But specifically, you look on the defensive side of the ball, which I think most of the leaders on this Georgia team are on. Nolan Smith is a junior. Trayvon Walker is a junior. Nicobe Dean is a junior. Uh, Chris Smith is a senior. So it, it is an upper class, more veteran team. And I think because of that, they know that the moment they're not, you know, again, they're not there to go to prime 112. They're not there to hang out on South Beach. They are there to beat Michigan and then go fly to Indianapolis for a weekend and then take on and try and beat Alabama again. That's sort of what they're playing for. They're not playing to win the Orange Bowl. They're playing to get to a national championship game. I think that's right. And I also think it's one of those things where, you know, we've had folks tell us before, hey, when you're in a Super Bowl, our buddy John Stinchcomb said this, for instance, that when you're in a Super Bowl, it feels like a different game. Like, you know, obviously the goal in life is to kind of approach all games as the same. But, you know, the halftime is longer. The the buildup of the game just feels different. There's more crowded, you know, stuff on the sideline. You get the sense that more people are watching. Obviously, the, the you know, ticket requests, things like that are noticeably different. I'm assuming for these Georgia players, maybe the SEC championship is already their example of this. But I'm assuming this game, at least at the very beginning, will feel different than the other games they played in for, for a number of reasons. You're playing an out-of-region team, a team you're not used to seeing. You know, maybe that matters, maybe it doesn't. But I do imagine that both these teams will feel maybe a little more pregame jitters than you normally feel if you're playing Auburn for the 9,000th time. I don't know if jitters is the right word, but to your point, you know, they're going to go down to Miami on Sunday and they're going to have a whole week of practice, not in Athens, but in a different city, in a different uh, facility, in a different location. And then you obviously have the buildup to the game there where it's – you're going to have a lot more media there. You're going to have a lot more media access. And so uh, adjusting and dealing with the distractions isn't the right word, but circumstances that come with this game is, I think, going to be a factor. And if whichever team is able to get off to a fast start in this game, I think does sort of tend to have an edge, specifically for Georgia. If you can force Michigan to have to throw and, and they fall behind, I think that's going to play very well into what this Georgia team ultimately wants to do. You asked Kirby Smart about George Pickens on Monday. Connor, here's what, here's what I will say. If Pickens is or was fully healthy, he'd be no lower than the third most important player for Georgia in a game like this. Understanding what his health situation likely is, do you currently view him as one of the 10 most important Georgia players in this game for the Orange Bowl? Um, definitely not top five. Yeah. Uh, I, I would go, I think Jordan Davis is my number one. Stetson Bennett, because obviously we're going to get into quarterbacks here in a, right. in a second, but Stetson Bennett is two. I would say Jamari Sawyer, Warren McLennan are both in your top 10 there. I think Brock Bowers is in your top 10. I think – Trayvon Walker probably has to be in your top yeah. 10. Nicobe Dean will be in your top 10. He's fringe right there. I, I, the numbers that I come back to are he played 12 slap snaps against Alabama. Can we get that up to, can, can we see him get that up to 25? Yeah. Uh, obviously expecting him to play a ton 
that is just unrealistic. One, in the way Georgia rotates its receivers, but two, with just where he is in coming back from this ACL injury. But can in the extra month that he's going to get from that Alabama game to when Georgia takes the field against Michigan, can you turn those 12 reps into 25 reps? And can you turn, say, two catches into four catches? And if you're able to do that, I think you increase the impact, obviously on the stat sheet that Pickens has in this game, but also in the impact that if Pickens is out there and he's making catches like he did against Alabama on a more frequent basis, you're pulling safeties away from the box to cover him. You're pulling guys away from Brock Bowers to cover him, or you're trying to double and figure out how to cover both Bowers and Pickens, and that's going to leave other guys wide open. So how Georgia and George Pickens get to that 25 snap, if that's even attainable, I don't obviously know enough about where Pickens is with his knee. What would that be, about that about 40% of Georgia's offensive snaps if he's out there 25? Like Some of y'all are better at math than I am. Is it about 40% of the snaps? Uh, yeah, usually Georgia tries to run around 70-ish plays. So between a, a third, and yeah, somewhere around a little bit more than yeah. a third. Yeah. So, it, yeah, if he's out there, you know, two out of every five plays, mm-hmm. I, I think that's something you'd feel pretty good about, especially allowing him to have the impact on this game that you think you'd need for him to have. And here's the other thing, too. You know, the the point I think you and I are both getting to is, is and nobody's a bigger fan of Pickens than I've been. I've, I've been, you know, the biggest George fan the entire time he's been here. But I don't believe he's healthy enough to fully take over this game, you know, playing the entirety of the offensive snaps. However, if he's out there for 25 of them, as you said, and if you got two plays that you know you can really run for him, work with him, you know, his version of kind of the picket fence type thing, if you got two plays for him that you know can really work here, that's the kind of thing that could be the difference in winning and losing this game. You know, going from one George Pickens touch to two Pickens touches, I'm talking about big catches opportunities, you know, finding a way to, to get a couple of big moments for him, that potentially adds an extra score to George's ledger for that game. And that really could be the difference between winning and losing. Yeah, I think back to the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl from a few years ago. You know, Robert Gronkowski, he was on his last legs at the time with the Patriots, not totally healthy. And he only had about maybe three, four real big plays in that game, but he made a pirouetting catch down the sideline uh, late in the fourth quarter there and ended up setting up New England's only touchdown of the, uh, of the game, a Sony Michelle one-yard touchdown rush. I think is that how Georgia is going to be able to use George Pickens? Obviously, they're going to need to rely on guys like Jermaine Burton, Brock Bowers, uh, Marcus Rosemary Jackson, Karis Jackson to create, you know, over the course of 60 minutes, but in key situations in the red zone, can George Pickens be the guy that you saw against Alabama go up in double coverage, hang in the air for what feels like 15 seconds, or at least feels like you're watching a Spider-Man movie, hang up there and make those sort of plays. If he's able to do that, you feel a lot better about what this Georgia offense might be able to accomplish. I, I do want to talk to you about quarterback because we did address that a little earlier in the show. Let me also just say a quick hello to my friends at Marco's Pizza who've been such a big part of what we've done on the show this year. So grateful for them. Uh, obviously, great time to get stocked up for your holiday parties, things like that. Marcos.com, the Marcos app. You can take advantage of the great savings, and including right now, really, really fun chance to you want to get a large one-topping pizza for nine ninety-nine. That's just simple, great savings, right? You got a lot of mouths to feed, good food at a great price. That's what Marcos Pizza provides for you. By the way, very impressive work for Connor, both as the guest and fires the video too for Marcos Pizza. Uh, it'd be more professional if I did just if I didn't acknowledge it and we just kind of rolled on with it. But nonetheless, that's actually really uh really good well done uh marco's pizza check it out marcos.com the marcos app so grateful for marcos pizza being on board with us all year long here and 
definitely looking forward to celebrating uh, this Christmas time with a little Marco's Pizza with my family and friends and everybody I'm getting together with. So enjoy yourself some Marco's Pizza here during this holiday time. Marco's app, marcos.com. You can enjoy some today. Marco's Pizza, pizza lovers get it so we joked about the quarterback thing a little earlier at this point in time laughing about it's really all you can do uh clearly there are some people that are just not satisfied with the answers they're getting from Kirby Smart on all that and I kind of get some of that I still remain steadfast that you know Smart's not an idiot you know if he's making the decision that he's making even if it seems weird there I would be left to assume likely to be a good reason why he's doing that but at this point, Connor, that's all been said. That's all been kind of done. I guess what I'm curious of is, do you see any room for any of this to change prior to December the 31st? Is it your belief that Bennett will be the only quarterback that plays barring injury against the Wolverines? Yeah, if you're asking me right now on December 21st, I think December, in, in, even December 22nd when this airs, I still think Stetson's going to start. I still think he's going to take every major important snap in this game now. We get down to Miami and see that JT is taking more reps with the first team or taking reps with the first team in practice. And that could certainly change the calculus on this. But I feel like we've got a 13-game sample size now. Kirby Smart has shown us his hand and shown what – and I shouldn't just say Kirby Smart. Todd Munkin as well, who I believe is just as – if not more involved with the quarterback decision-making process than Kirby Smart is, that this is what Georgia has at the quarterback position. You know, obviously there are, I think, a very vocal portion of this fan base that want to see JT no matter what the circumstances are. And my line of my line of thinking on this has been, if JT was the guy that the free JT sect of this fan base thought he was, he'd be on the field already. He probably yeah. actually – wouldn't even be at Georgia. He'd be an NFL quarterback, but I don't think that's what JT Daniels is anymore. And if you want to go back and look at the stats against Cincinnati and Clemson from the end of last season and this year, he wasn't exactly all that impressive in those games. And so I think a healthy Stetson Bennett, who, while yes, he did not win Georgia its game against Alabama, but he was not the reason they lost that game. And while yes, he, the, the pick six was inexcusable and the red zone interception was bad as well he made some impressive throws in that game to, to move the ball down the field. And I've said time and time again, he has to be better in the red zone, but Setson knows that and Kirby smart knows that. And they know they have to, in this game, execute in the red zone to win. And if they do that, I think they will. And, you know, I, that's why I think Stetson's going to be the guy Kirby smart has showed us his hand. And unless there's an injury to Stetson Bennett, I think we're going to continue to see him. So two quick things before we kind of wrap this up. First of all, I think it is true that if Georgia were to lose and Bennett's the only quarterback that plays, and I believe that's, you know, certainly I, th- I think that Bennett's likely to be the only quarterback that plays, whether Georgia wins or loses, we'll find out. But if Georgia does lose under those circumstances, it'll definitely be a louder tone of criticism from fans and media alike. Should that matter to Kirby Smart? Should, should it matter to him that, oh boy, people are going to be really mad if you uh, play Stetson and you lose again? Is that the kind of thing that, that threatens smart at all to to get more criticism for losing because you might lose this way if you do no because i think kirby's going to take the loss harder than any like it's one of those things where you know it's the man in the arena quote where you you try and pay not attention to the critics kirby smart's going to feel so much worse about the loss than anything anyone can say to him will make be the case and so because of that you know and again, Kirby Smart, if Kirby Smart were worried about outside perception or all that is said of him, he would have changed his 
his stripes years ago, but Kirby Smart's in year six now at Georgia. He sort of is who he is as a coach now. He's gotten past those early stumbling blocks and has shown us, hey, this is who I'm going to be as a coach for my foreseeable future. Now, obviously, guys changed like Nick Saban did when he made the significant shift and brought in Lane Kiffin and, and became more of an offensive guy than a defensive guy. But Kirby Smart is going to take this loss harder if it happens than anyone, than any Georgia fan out there. He's put in more time and more work in this team, in this specific program, than anyone out there has. And so the idea that he's worried about criticism of his decision at the quarterback play, I, I find kind of just out there because, again, this means more to Kirby Smart than it does to anyone else out there. And you can be a big Georgia fan. You can be a big booster. You can pay hundreds, even thousands of dollars to this program. Kirby Smart, in terms of time, has invested more in this program than anyone out there currently well and I'll finish with this I mean I've never attempted pretended to be objective I am a Georgia partisan I want Georgia to win the national championship so bad I can taste it I, I and when things are not going well like they did against Alabama clearly I'm bothered by that and when Georgia has made some decisions this year Kirby has made some decisions this year different than I thought he would have well I'm confused like that about that like anybody else is trying to kind of figure out the answers and the thing that has allowed me, Connor, to somewhat make peace with all of this is, is every indication that we have is that Todd Munkin is fully on board with all of this. And the reason why I take some peace with that, and maybe this works for other people, maybe it doesn't. I'm actually not trying to convince anybody else right now. I'm just saying what has been true for me. The fact that Munkin, who is not on the Kirby tree, this is a guy that you imported to this program from elsewhere. This is a guy who's traveled in completely different circles. This is not one of Kirby's old running buddies you know, as offensive coordinator. This is a guy that's, that's football background, comes from a different place. But seemingly, he has arrived at this being the right decision. And Georgia fans, for the most part, uh, like Munkin. Munkin's popular with UGA fans. In fact, they almost would rather blame Kirby for some of the offensive issues than sometimes blame Kirby you know, Todd Munkin when there might be blame to go around. But if Munkin's on board with this, to me, it's even more of a reason that just because it's weird, maybe it's just not wrong. Maybe being behind closed doors with this program, all of this makes complete sense to all of them. And the validation of Todd Munkin on this, I think kind of reaffirms that for me even more. Yeah, if Todd Munkin is your offensive coordinator next year, I, I think as a Georgia fan, you're ecstatic because you had a team that got you to the college football playoff. And say what you want about the quarterback situation. This Georgia offense is clearly better. Go back and watch the 2019 offense and what in what was undeniably, I think, a more talented offense did far less with the talent it had than this offense has right now. And I, you know, Munkin turning down LSU, I think that's a positive sign for this Georgia offense going forward. And I point out here as well, you know, yes, JT Daniels was the unquestioned starter going into the season. And then he got hurt. And then he got hurt again against Clemson. And then he got hurt a third time against Vanderbilt, or at least in the run-up to the Vanderbilt game there. So he has not been playing with an ideal hand in terms of health of JT Daniels this season. And so if you see what he's able to do, let's say Stetson Bennett as a quarterback playing shorthanded because of the injury, the frequent injuries to JT Daniels, if he's able to get healthy and consistent quarterback play going forward out of say a Brock Vandergriff or a Carson Beck, I, I think you have to continue to like the upward trajectory that this Georgia offense is on. I think that's exactly right. Connor, great stuff. This will be the last time we see each other before we're down there in uh, South Florida next week. So enjoy your Christmas. Thanks for uh, being with us. And uh, we'll certainly look forward to getting a lot more insight from you on Georgia, Michigan as that game 
starts to inch a little closer. It still feels like it's a little ways away, but we're starting to get there. So we'll look forward to a lot more from you on that when we do get there. Yep. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. All right, great stuff from uh, Connor Riley. Uh, make sure you check out all the stuff he's doing there at dognation.com. Really fun stuff. Also, you heard me say this off the top of the program. Don't forget Dog Nation Cruise. We want you to be there with us and Royal Caribbean as we do that in the month of April. Uh, leaving from Port Canaveral, going to Coco Cay, perfect day, perfect day, Coco Cay, going to Nassau, having a great time, and it's just going to be a uh, really fun experience. So dognation.com, find out all the details you need about that. Let me also kind of dive in here to a, speaking of Royal Caribbean, let's cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And next week, we'll start getting more into these bowl games coming up for the SEC teams. Uh, obviously, you know, first of the SEC games kind of comes up this week, and you kind of roll into the rest of these. But when, once you get to that, you know, sort of even January 1st, day after the Georgia game, you get more of those. We'll talk about these a lot next week. But obviously, reminder on the bowl schedule here for a moment, Arkansas against Penn State in the Outback Bowl. I think that seems really fun. First of all, for Arkansas to even be in Tampa in the Outback Bowl, it's so funny how Arkansas is almost at that perfect level where you've got to imagine Arkansas fans are just thrilled beyond belief, right? I mean, you've got to think they just love the idea of, you know, being in Tampa, getting a chance to travel to see their, see their team play, you know, you know, compared to where the Arkansas program has been the couple of years prior to that. you got to think. you got to think they're just thrilled by that. I think the game against Penn State could actually be a pretty good one. So, uh, so happy for Sam Pittman, the success that he's enjoying. Uh, that's great to see. <laughs> Kentucky, Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. I don't know that I would want to watch this game necessarily if it was in my own backyard. I mean, you talk about two teams that are, I mean, this game may be 9 to 6. I mean, for everything folks think the Georgia Michigan game might be in terms of smash mouth and relatively low scoring, Kentucky, Iowa is going to be that and more. Um, but you know, listen, it's another big step for the Mark Stoops program to be in a big game like this. And, you know, the record looks pretty good chance to beat Iowa seems pretty impressive there as well. It seems like for the most part, Kentucky's done a good job of fending off suitors who would hire Mark Stoops away or fending off suitors that might want to hire away some of his coordinators. seems like, you know, Kentucky's done a pretty good job of that after somewhat kind of sliding towards the end of this season, a nice bowl win against Iowa would certainly be a nice conclusion to that season you've also got LSU and Kansas State in the uh Texas Bowl LSU's going to probably be a mess for this game interim coach and everything else obviously obviously just kind of biding time before the start of the Brian Kelly era then you get to the New Year's Six Bowls that include you know Ole Miss against Baylor I did hear this this is kind of interesting so I guess Arch Manning you know given the fact that he you know lives in New Orleans is going to actually attend this game that's some online chatter out there so we've seen Arch recently visit Alabama you know, there's been some talk about Texas, but now Texas has Quinn Ewers. What does that do for Manning's recruitment in 2023? And now also Manning apparently in person to see Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Of course, that's not a recruiting visit. He can just attend the game, you know, get access to his own tickets and attend the game. And apparently that's what he plans on doing. The other New Year's Six games don't have much of an SEC flair. The Rose Bowl is Ohio State and Utah. I think Utah is worth watching here a little bit. This could be a very interesting game from a gambling standpoint in that Kirk Herbstreit, do you remember at the end of the 2020 season, end of last year, when he was talking about, hey, the two teams you don't want to play at the end of the year, it's Oklahoma and it's Georgia, really kind of touting for if there was an expanded playoff, those would be very dangerous teams to play right now. Well, Herbstreit's version of that for this season right now is Utah. And you understand, I mean, they obliterated 
Oregon twice at the end of the year. And, you know, obviously a lot of the success for that that Utah program comes in Salt Lake there at Rice-Eccles Stadium. That's been a very, you know, impressive, tough home field advantage. But, you know, they go on the road for the away from home for the Pac-12 title game and won that one there too. But, you know, a lot of what we see in bowl season is, hey, the hot team rolls in, but the team we started the year thinking of as the better team has a way of reasserting itself during the bowl game. And a lot of that's just kind of related to we have a tendency, like a lot of things, to kind of fall prey to recency bias. That Utah will be kind of talked up more than Ohio State going into this game because we've seen them playing better as of late, whereas we saw Ohio State lose to a Michigan in what turned out to be its last most recent game. So if recent bowl tradition holds to form, this actually should be a pretty big day for Ohio State, that the hot team, Utah, usually kind of runs out of luck. A team like Ohio State kind of bounces back in a big way right there. But that's actually a pretty fun game from a gambling standpoint, Ohio State and Utah there in the Rose Bowl. You've got Notre Dame, Oklahoma State in the Fiesta Bowl, Michigan State, Pitt, Pitt and the Peach Bowl. And obviously for a lot of the Atlanta area college football fans, the disappointment here is the the lack of presence by either of the Heisman candidates. You know, Ken, uh, Kenneth Walker not playing for Michigan State, Kenny Pickett not playing for Pitt. So what would have been a really fun game obviously loses a lot of its luster because of the absence of the two-star players. And it's one of those things where, you know, people talk about what if this was an expanded playoff and all of a sudden you had Michigan State Pitt playing under those circumstances, the likelihood of the star players playing. It is one of the reasons why I am just a big proponent of playoff expansion, that if we could find some way to incentivize more star players playing in the bowl games, and I do realize by now this is like a tired conversation. That ship has sailed in terms of the current bowl situation. I don't love it, but you eventually you have to learn to live with it. That's just kind of the way that things are now. But in an expanded playoff scenario, would guys like Pickett and Walker be more incentivized? I should think they probably would. And maybe as much as anything, that could be an argument for why playoff expansion should take place. So that's a little bit of an early look at bowl games. We'll probably get into more detail about next week, and we'll even have more news kind of coming out on those bowl games as we get close to that. For now, we'll make that your SEC through. And a uh, couple of other shout outs here really quickly before we get ready to wrap things up first of all we will be back next week making our picks against the spread and of course when you use spread data we always turn to our friends at bet us a lot of you love placing your bets during this bowl time of year games are always more fun to watch when you have a little action down on them that means if you haven't opened up your account at bet us you need to do so if for no other reason than to take advantage of the great offer and incentive they have for you when you sign up because when you go to betus.com when you use the promo code dn125 betus is going to give you 125 sign up bonus what that means is they're going to put more money in your account to start with than you do you put in a hundred dollars they're going to give you 125 dollars on top of that that's 225 dollars it's just kind of a simple way the math works they will give you in your account 125 percent of what you put in there then after that enjoy the bets make some pick some winners and you can have a great time so bet us makes it simple like that they're america's most beloved sports book they don't get to be that way without taking good care of their players and for more than 25 years that's what they've been doing including 125 percent sign up bonus for you so betus.com promo code dn125 then take advantage of the big 125 percent sign up bonus right after that also, one more thing here, folks at Classic City Lager, great time to be enjoying some Classic City Lager. You're going out, you're doing your grocery shopping, you're picking up those holiday party needs. Grab yourself a six-pack or a case of Classic City Lager there as well from Creature Comforts Brewing Company. Enjoy some good cold beer. Simple, lager-style beer, but 
No sacrifice in flavor. It's a craft-style lager. The folks at Creature Comforts Brewing Company have been making great beer for a long time, and Classic City Lager is one of my favorites. For a lot of you, you feel the same way, so enjoy some this holiday season. Classic City Lager is just good cold beer. So as we get ready to wrap up here today, let me say a quick couple of thank yous. First of all, to Connor Riley, who's here and on hand with me the last few days for producing the show. Michael Carvel, who's with me most days. I'm very lucky to have the team to work with I get a chance to work with. Folks to help keep me on the air each and every day. Very, very grateful for that. Behind the scenes, guys like BJ Sweeney. You hear that name from time to time. I don't think anyone realizes just how much work goes into what happens around here. BJ's a big part of all that. A lot of folks on the sales side that help keep our ad stock and keep the lights on around here. Very, very grateful for that too. Colleagues like Jeff Sintel and Mike Griffith who show up on the show, provide us great insight, but also great content there at dognation.com that I not only like to be partnered with in business, but like to read myself as a UGA fan. Very thankful for all of that. Thankful to all of you there as well for making this a great year for Dog Nation. Hope you have a great Christmas and a wonderful holiday season. Can't wait to see you there in South Florida for uh, next week. And as we get ready to sign off for today, quick golden shoe there as well. So many of you love the Christmas ornaments, the Georgia-themed stuff. Hunter Jones shared one of, one of these with me. A lot of you get the same kind of thing going on there for your holiday time there too. So Merry Christmas to all of you. Make those Georgia ornaments look great on your tree. And don't forget, 311 days from right now, back in Jacksonville getting another win against the lousy, stinking Gators. Merry Christmas to all of you. We'll see you next time here on Dog Nation Daily. Have a great Christmas, everybody. And on video and the podcast, let's do a combined version very quickly of our R.S. Andrews uh, cool down. And I'll just echo the sentiment I said a moment ago. I am so grateful for all of you. Like the privilege of being able to talk to you about Georgia football through good times and bad. Try to have some fun. But every now and then you got to be serious and deal with what's going on. The chance to narrate that experience is the kind of thing I hope I never take for granted. And that will be the day that I know it's no longer appropriate for me to do this show if I ever take for granted just how awesome it is that I get to sit at this desk, speak to all of you, and talk about Georgia football. It's just a really cool thing. It's just a really great experience. And I am, man, I'm just so happy to be a part of it. I think it's been a great year, obviously, for the dogs in the field. I think we've had a great year around Dog Nation there as well. And I really am of the belief that, you know, this year is just far from done. That I think that Georgia has a really terrific opportunity to get a win against Michigan. And then a really terrific opportunity beyond that in, uh, maybe winning the national championship still. I I still very much view that as a possibility. So we will settle in and talk more about that next week from down in South Florida. But for now, thanks for being here on what is our final edition of our program before we roll into the Christmas season. Hope you enjoy some great time with your family. Hope you're ready for a big week of football moving into the Orange Bowl week next week. True gratitude fills me up as I think about the experience that we've had over the course of the last 12 months and what we're going to still experience in the uh, days that are to come. So thank you so much for being a big part of what we do around here each and every day, whether you tune in every day or even only occasionally because of whatever your schedule may have you doing. Truly, truly from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. I don't need any Christmas gifts because the best gift I could ever get is the chance to hear from all of you. So I really appreciate that. Merry Christmas to all of you. See you back here next week. For more of our R.S. Andrews Cooldown, of course, check out Dari and the whole team over there at R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com. Air conditioning, heating, plumbing, electric needs, and 
Back next week, 10 a.m. for more Dog Nation Daily, 945 for our first and 15. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll look forward to talking to you then.